what's up? I'm Dallas Dwight. This is Alvie Robinson. And we're from the band The LA Maybe, and you're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with Sonny and Steve. So turn it up loud, boys. Here it comes. there hollywood it's another game show edition of the growing up rock podcast and it looks like we've got a little bit of new fresh blood on the set is that right yeah we just did a practice round it was a little ugly guys (laughs) i can say that right now (laughs) so these two might surprise us i don't know it's gonna be fun because i'm on a absolute losing streak i think i've lost on not only our game show but other podcast game shows I don't think I've won Hollywood in like, what, the last six months? Three years. It hasn't been three years, you (laughs) bastard. (laughs) I will smash your face into a car windshield and then take your mother, Dorothy Mantooth, out for a nice seafood dinner and never call her again. So the fresh meat for tonight is a super hot band that just released a new album. We got the guys from the LA Maybe here, Alvy in Dallas. What's going on, man? Thank you for having us. Absolutely. We're going to talk about the new record from you guys. We're going to get into this game show and have a little fun. But before we do all that, we got to do this. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. So for tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight, 
we're going to feature who else? Our guest, the LA maybe. Dallas, Alvy, we're going to play Oh Sugar. Is there anything you want to tell us about this song? Sure, yeah. It's my personal favorite on the album, actually. I think it combines a lot of a lot of different styles. It brings a lot of different stuff out of us. It's got a, a big pop earworm hook, which I think is something you don't hear in too much music that sounds the way we do. So I, I love that juxtaposition. We had such a blast putting together this video. We went to right in our hometown, literally downtown. There's a barcade, which is obviously a bar and arcade mix. They were really, really generous with us. They let us come in and basically have run of the whole place. And we had it for two days pretty much. And, and we filmed what you're about to see here. It's pretty awesome. Some of the pinball machines they had in this place. I saw ACDC, a Metallica, and an Iron Maiden pinball machine. Absolutely. Yeah, they have all the... I'm not the biggest pinball guy myself, but from what I could tell, they have all the all the stuff you could ever want. That's pretty cool. Who wrote the song? Dallas, you? Yeah, usually the writing kind of starts with me. I would liken it to like a seed. And then as the band kind of gets a hold of it, it grows into the you know tree that, that we all hear now. So, Alvy, do you write the lyrics? Mostly no. Kind of like Dallas said, he, he starts with a project or the song, and then we kind of come together melody-wise, and where we go from there, we try out a bunch of different things. I interject here and there as far as lyrics go. We change small things. Versus, I think Dallas pretty much has a lock on those most of the time, and then kind of in the chorus, pre-chorus, sometimes we, we work together on. But this is my first original album, doing original music, and um, there's been a process of finding my songwriting abilities and finding my own voice, so it's, it's been fun. The O Sugar verses were the last thing to be written for the album. Everything else was done except that. But conversely, the chorus was one of the first things to be written for the album. So it just sat there with you know empty verses for months while we were doing other stuff and just couldn't figure out what to put there. And then finally, it all kind of came together. Now, I've been told by other singers that don't really take part in writing the lyrics that they have to work with the person that does write the lyrics on certain words because certain words just don't sound right when you're singing them in a certain melody. Is that is that true or false? Or I, I definitely see that. Being, the short answer is true, but I'm a singer as well. So I, I usually sing the stuff you know into Pro Tools or whatever we're doing and, and demo it out for everyone so we can kind of hear what it's going to sound like. And Alvin can kind of hear what I'm thinking. It's way easier to do that. And he can just listen to it. And I don't have to sit there and tell him, no, this, 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 like I, I can just sing it. And then he can hear it and be like, I see what you're saying. And then there's an understanding that obviously with his voice, it kind of becomes a whole new thing. I, I kind of go through that a little bit when I'm, when I'm kind of doing the, the writing process in my head. And, and I'm very, very particular about like word choice. And Alvy will tell you that too. We will spend 20 minutes debating whether it should be and or, but just little stuff like that. Like we're, we're really particular about like, well, and makes sense, but it changes the whole meaning of what we're trying to say, you know, stuff like that. We'll talk about and go back and forth. And we really leave no stone unturned when we're working on our stuff. Some words also take a lot more air to sing. And depending upon where they fit into the song, one word might be better, but it's nearly impossible to sing the entire line with that better word. So you have to settle sometimes for a word you may not like just because if you got to perform it, you can't fit it in the, in the line because you can't breathe it. So from the debut, the L.A. Maybe album. Dirty Damn Tricks. This is Oh Sugar.
So I've heard the whole album. I'm sure we'll talk about a bunch of stuff on the album, but I sometimes listen to this band called Rock Sugar. I don't know if you've ever heard them, but they do these mashups. And what they'll do is they'll take like a metal song and add a Britney Spears song and oh, yeah, mash yeah, the yeah. two up, right? Yeah, for sure. And when I was listening to a lot of your stuff, like this song has that ACDC flavor to it, but then it's got like a pop chorus. And then the end is like Def Leppard almost, right? So you guys got this weird way of fitting it in to where it makes sense and sounds good. And sometimes when people do that, it feels like three different songs kind of mashed together, but it doesn't feel like that with you guys. So there's obviously, as you said, Dallas, a lot of care taken in how it's being done, but there's a lot of different flavors just in the one song. Yeah. And and one thing that allows us to, there's six of us for starters, and not one of us is willing to let something bad get by. There is never ever even once been a thought, at least in my head, and I can confidently say for the rest of the guys, a thought of like, ah, that's good enough. Let's move on. That does not exist. For example, I'll give you an example. The chorus for Sucker Punch was completely different for a long time, all the way up to the when we recorded drums. It was still the old way we did it. So Foz had recorded the old way, and then we were sitting there just like, I don't know, man, this just doesn't do it for me. And we're recording drums. That's not something you can just easily go back in and do again. We did all the recording ourselves. So we had set up the whole studio basement that we had. You know, every, it was very meticulous, and it was something we were not going to be able to you know, do again quickly. So Foz and I decided like, okay, we'll just lay down like a simple driving beat, you know, change the feel how you want it to be. And then I'll go back home after we're done recording drums and I'll piece it together in Pro Tools. And then I'll write a new chorus around these new drums. And that's when we came up with the Sucker Punch chorus. So that's changing it way late in the game. Like most of the time, you know, I would, I would probably bet most bands would just be like, it's too late. It's fine. Just leave it. But we changed it and it became something totally different and totally awesome. I think the chorus for Sucker Punch is another one of those strong, you know, earworm stuck in your head's choruses. And that would not have happened if we weren't as particular as we are about, you know, our writing and stuff like that. So we work hard to make it the best that we possibly can. Now, Alvy, do you want to tell us a story that goes along with Sucker Punch? What was the inspiration for this song? Well, you know, Dallas actually uh, kind of wrote this song while driving down the highway and semi on the side of the road from what I understand. And I guess the rumor has gotten around that uh, I got punched in the face. Uh, oh, do you guys know this story? Is that where this is coming yeah. from? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I didn't know anyone knew yeah. this. I didn't either, but I, this is actually the second time somebody's referenced this. So I guess this you guys have done your homework. You guys are really done um, your homework. Yeah. I'm on stage one night with my tribute band and I'm singing some songs and carrying on. And uh, I don't know. You know, it's kind of a blur. You're shaking hands, you're taking pictures, the whole works. You've been on stage for two hours, you're sweaty and tired. And out of nowhere, I lean down to shake someone's hand and I just get decked. And I'm standing guess, right next to him, by the way. Ex-girlfriend or? Just no, some definitely not. Some guy. <laughs> you know, I can be mouthy. And maybe I was. Maybe I wasn't. I don't know. But I guess I took it on the chin and pulled an I, official <laughs> rock star move and jumped off stage Superman style. You have to ask Dallas. He was on the outside looking in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was wild, man, because it legitimately came out of nowhere. The guy was like really nice, smiling. And it's, uh, there was a bunch of people who were standing on the stage. There was a bunch of people on the ground, you know, reaching up, shaking hands. Great job, man. Great job, man. And this guy goes, great job, man. And then just hits him with the other hand. And it was just like, dude, what? Like, what? Did we, like the staff, the venue, the security, after everything settled down, everyone was like, I've never seen anything like it. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So uh, I thought it was funny. You were playing Axl Rose and then the most Axl Rose thing yeah. happened to you possible. Absolutely. <laughs> you guys got to remember, this is the first show Albie invited us to see him perform live because we had met rehearsed a little bit together, recorded a little bit together. And he was like, all right, this is the final step. If you guys want to decide if we're going to make this happen, come see me live. And we did all that. So I remember after that, we're, we're talking in the green room and you have blood all over your face. And you were like, so guys, do you think this is like a good, like, is this going to work? Like, 
<laughs> and was there like an awkward question? So, uh, well, be, um, do you we get thought, punched a lot? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I definitely get punched yeah. a lot more, to be honest with you. <laughs> I definitely thought like, was this going to be like an every gig thing or <laughs> I don't know how many times I can pull him out of a pit. <laughs> so did we ever find out actually what the issue was or no? I have a theory. Uh, no. Yeah, I have a theory as well. I'm the problem. Now you listen to me, jerk off. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Quit being part of the fucking problem and put the other guy back on. But uh, <laughs> no, you know, and <laughs> I was focused on getting paid and getting invited back to the venue. So yeah. you kind of let sleeping dogs lie and, you know, you drink your beer in the backstage green room and just let it all sizzle out. Well, the guy, one thing was said that at least the only thing I could possibly think of that might have turned a switch in this guy. And that was he was sitting with who was clearly his girlfriend or wife. And I'll be made a joke. I was like, is that your sister? And everyone laughed. And the guy laughed like he laughed himself. And I think maybe part of him was just like, uh, that's it. Like, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I don't know, man. But that's the only thing that I that I overheard. And I was standing right there that could possibly have been interpreted in any way that would have called for that. Because otherwise, like, it just don't make any sense. But that's where the title came from. The song itself is not about that. But yeah. as soon as that happened, I was like, we have to have a song called Sucker Punch. <laughs> you just made the list, Alfie. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> the name's Francis Sawyer. But everybody calls me Psycho. Any of you guys call me Francis, and I'll kill you. Ooh. <laughs> you just made the list, buddy. That's a story for the books, man. I've done a lot of interviews, and that has not come up once. So, <laughs> nice job. <laughs> so, tell us about the album cover artwork, because Dallas, you take care of that, right? You did the album artwork. Yeah, um, it's kind of interesting. I, I do graphic design and web design and all that stuff, and I did not want to you know, strong arm the band into having me do all that stuff. So I told everybody of my own volition, like, let's hire a couple guys, spend a couple hundred bucks, let the pros do it. And everything we got back was garbage. So I was like, all right, well, if this is how bad it is, and we all agreed it was garbage, it wasn't just me, then let me try. And if no one likes it, then we'll go back to the drawing board and get someone else. And, uh, and everyone just ended up liking it. So I was like, okay, cool. So it worked out. So yeah, I did the album art. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you there's a, a deep meaning behind it. I just thought it looked cool. And yeah, that's kind of where, where that gets us. <laughs> I mean, what is it? It sort of looks like a person I can make out. Yeah, it's just artistic depiction of like a man. <laughs> I think we got back like the I, exact I could, Atlanta Braves logo once. We, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we, we recruited a, like, you know, 30 designers to design us logos and every single one was just like, dude, what are you doing, man? <laughs> so I ended up, I ended up taking our old logo and kind of like revamping it and, and making it a little more polished. And then that's the logo we have now too. All right. Way back when you guys released Mr. Danger as the first single, Dallas reached out to me, sent me the song, loved it, put it on our Crank It Up New Music Spotlight, featured it. And I think I went back and forth with Dallas on a few things. And Dallas said, yeah, you know, Albie, our new singer, uh, was one of the people that tried out for ACDC. And that's been made public and that's out there. And all that stuff. And I think we made a wise crack when we played Mr. Danger and said, Hey, Alvi, he's one of uh, four people that tried out for ACDC along with the other 50 people that we uh, talked to. Oh, yes. That was you guys. Doing that I remember listening to that podcast. I was like, I'm so frustrated. I can't talk. I have to just listen. <laughs> that was us because I can't tell you that it seems like there's been like probably I know of two or three people that I've talked to over the course of time that said, they almost got an audition with ACDC or they did audition. Now I know that there's an ACDC tribute band out there back in black, which also has a side project, I think called strip wired. And I yes. think that guy was one yes. of the people that tried out. Tell us your story. Did you actually come here to Atlanta 
Oh, so you guys are out of Atlanta. I wasn't sure where you were from. I'm in Atlanta and Sonny there's in the Bay Area. Yeah. So actually his name is Darren back in black and he was there with me. And so it had been well into a year or more and it never dawned on me that people would not believe my story or would make fun of it because I just, I'm not that kind of guy. I don't think that way. So if people ask, you know, or I'm proud and had the story, whatever, and I just would go share it. And then a guy just like blankly to my face kind of made fun of me the same way you guys just did. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> I guess that is a tall tale in some worlds. Um, but the reality is, is I got to live it and I own it and I experienced it. So I don't give a fuck what anybody, oh, can I say that? Yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I don't, I don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's my story to tell. I, it's my life to live. So, uh, but Darren was there with me. Axel and actually, right? I, yeah, Axel was also there. I guess as far as the story itself goes, yeah, I um, thought it was a, a pretty legit prank that my friends had gone very far through. Um, and I did go to Atlanta, the studios down there, and did rehearse with ACDC for three plus hours. And we had hamburgers and tea. Uh, Angus's wife actually made my first cup of English tea, and it was great. With the milk? Do you have milk in it? Yeah, milk and yeah. sugar and the works, and it was the best cup of tea I've ever had in my life. So. Yeah, and to be clear, we have fun at everybody's expense, so it wasn't whether oh, we no, believed no, it or not. We're not. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Yeah, I'll be sure as well. We, we're definitely not offended. We do the same thing Tr to each other and everyone else. Trust us. But I want to hear the story, so tell me, how does this thing go through the channels and end up in your lap? You know, I mean, did you know somebody who knew somebody? What? How does this happen? So I was actually, uh, I had found out, let's just go Tuesday night. I found out Tuesday night uh, via Google, Facebook, whatever. And I start sending out random hokey texts like, hey, how do I get to put in my name for the spot for Brian? You know, he's out of the tour. Ha ha. No legitimacy there. And uh, the next morning I wake up, I go to work, about three hours into work. And my guitar player, he sends me a text and he says, man, I don't know, you know where it comes from, but I just got a call from CAA. And it was uh, Chris Dalston, uh, which is, I guess, their agent at CAA had called Jeff, my Angus, in my tribute for HDC and legitimately asked me if I would be interested in filling in. Like, And then yeah, you said no, end of story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess the way they, the way I've, I've learned it is that Cliff found me on YouTube. Cliff Williams? Yeah. yeah. Cliff Williams of ACDC, in case, you know, Cliff Williams is. He's the merch guy, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course, I didn't ask them to their faces. Hey, how'd you assholes find me? You know, that would have been an awkward question, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But that's the way I come to understand it is Cliff found me on uh, YouTube. He lives in our neck of the woods, I think, right? Doesn't he live in Raleigh? Yeah, he actually, uh, he has Asheville? a house in Asheville, I believe. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. And so did you uh, did you jam some songs with the band? Yeah, we um, actually, I called up a guy um, because I don't know the exact set list of ACDC. That's not something I care about. I'm just going to go see him and drink beer and have a good time. Uh, but I called a guy who I knew might know, and he forwarded me the actual set list of the tour at the time the rocker bus tour. And so I got that and I started learning the set list, which I knew most of it. Thank God they weren't doing all rocker bust. And then when we got down there, they didn't care. They didn't really want to do the rocker bus set list. They just wanted to do whatever I wanted to do. I also learned all the songs and they had a teleprompter, Brian Johnson's teleprompter itself. And so I also spent many sleepless nights again for no reason, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't know that when you get there. So you gotta be right. prepared. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I was, I was up for three days trying and learning songs and making sure I knew the ones that I didn't know, which was actually a lot. You know, we do the Howard Hill album at Back in Black in my band. And then they did a lot of not that. Yeah. Luckily, I was prepared. Tired, but I was prepared. And so we played, um, I think we did Touch Too Much and Back in Black. And then we started hitting the set list. 
we did a couple of my favorites. I want to say we did give a dog a bone and have a drink on me. And then, you know, the guys went outside after the first couple of songs and I guess decided, Hey, we like this guy. We don't like this guy. Let's give him the run. See if he can do it for three hours. And then we did about three hours. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. man. that's even though you don't get the gig just to have that story and be able to say, Hey, I jammed with ACDC for three hours. I mean, that's that in itself is a great story to keep, you know? Yeah. It felt like a lose at the time. And, um, I'd still say it's a loss, but it's a good story. Yeah. I kind of look at it as I think ACDC's had, well, with Axel now, I guess that's four singers. And if you had four people audition, basically eight people have sang for ACDC in a place of 7 billion. Like that's ridiculous, right? You get to do something that nobody else did, but I, I can understand the disappointment of, uh, of not getting the job. I remember. So after we found out that you had auditioned for ACDC, I'm like, okay, everybody thinks they can sing ACDC. There's a guy here that lives about two blocks from me. thinks he can sing ACDC. So I go and listen <laughs> to some of the stuff. I'm like, Oh shit. He actually is pretty good. It got a little tense after the audition because then people started coming to my shows and you're no longer a decent karaoke singer. You're no longer a decent tribute singer. You're no longer just getting the job done. They want to see the guy who was supposed to replace Brian. And when they want to see that, they want to see you every night, 110%. And if you hit one, if Brian Johnson has a bad night, nobody cares. It's Brian Johnson. If Lee Robinson has a bad night, oh, of course he didn't fucking get the job. He's fucking, he's no good. He's, he's, a, he's a chump. <laughs> yeah. So it was a lot of stress immediately after that, yeah. but you know, it all passes. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, you said you still consider it a loss. I, I would disagree with that for you on, on your behalf. Cause we've seen people do that before, you know, Tim Ripper Owens, you know, all the dudes from journey. And then you just end up becoming the guy that replaced the guy. You're going to never be able to have your own identity. You know, I think it all really worked out. Like you would have been forfeiting yourself forever. Now you would have got some awesome stuff too, but you know, you would have always just been, been seen as that guy in ACDC, you know? And then of course, Brian comes back. So it's like, you were just there for one, you know, one night. essentially. Yeah. And, and so my initial thought process was not to ever be in ACDC. It was to do the tour and get my voice out there and then to move along to my own project. And so I guess in the end that has happened, because Dallas found me, I think, as well on YouTube. And he found me on YouTube via Night Train, which was a job I got via Thunderstruck via my audition for ACDC. So it, it all just changed together. Yeah, for sure. Into a positive. Yeah, their loss is uh, the LA Maybe's gain. So you carve a new path with the LA Maybe, and hopefully it works out in the long run because I got to say, you're off to a good start. This uh, debut record is, is really, really good, really strong. I got to say, I went to your website. I went to the web store. Who created the shirt that has the LA Maybe logo on it? And then in red letters says, fuck these guys with an arrow <laughs> pointing at it because you, I, you're, you're I love sitting that on this shirt. Call. You're sitting on this call and you have to ask that. You know who created that. And it was this guy right here. <laughs> I love that shirt. Alvy, that was me and you that came up with that, right? That had to be you and Driz. We were, we were at the show and it was me, Driz, and Chris. We were at the show and we were talking. And um, we're always trying to come up with funny merch ideas. I do all the, the merch designs, by the way. They're not hard. That's not really brag. That's just, that's just what's happening. But we were like, <laughs> how, how funny would it be? Because like, one thing we always try to do is show people that like, you know, we're a very serious band. We're very dedicated. As we've been talking about, we take our craft very seriously. But as a whole, like our brand, we want to show people that like, you know, we're fun guys. We don't take the, the whole thing too seriously. We just want to have fun. And, uh, and we thought, how funny would it be to just like, make fun of yourself in that way. Like I've never seen a shirt that said like, you know, like, <laughs> I, I think I, I said the idea to Driz and then he just fell out laughing and Chris fell out laughing and we were just like, Oh my God, we have to make this. So 
I mean, I drew up the design at home and then I couldn't bring myself to put it on the, uh, on the store just quite yet. And then I, I doubled back and asked Driz, you know, a couple weeks later, I was like, do you think we should do this? He's like, we should definitely do it. So I immediately put it up and now it's up there. I don't think we sold one yet, but I can't wait to see one. Uh, Steve will buy one. <laughs> yeah. Steve, now you have to buy one. I will buy one, but here's the thing. I think it's perfect because there's no comedy in your music or your lyrics or any of that stuff. So taking the band serious is never a, a second thought, but right. having fun with all the merch and things like that. I think it's perfect. I think uh, it does exactly what you said it does. And that's what rock and roll should be. Rock and roll should be a little fun, right? Yeah. And that's something that has really been bugging me. And, and I think the other guys as well is that it seems like in recent years, we've kind of lost the the fun element of rock. And I think that's kind of bled over into the fans and the fans have kind of lost some of that fun element because some of our jokes that make us cry laughing really fall flat. So <laughs> we're trying to kind of show people through our social media and all that stuff. They're like, Hey, it's okay to just laugh and be goofy. For example, Alvy, we took a funny picture of him at the, at the sucker punch photo shoot where he was just standing there holding one of drizzles guitars. And I put it in Photoshop, <laughs> cut him out Great and, and made like a country album cover with it. And because it, it just looks so country, like you guys have to scroll back in our Instagram and see this thing. It's, it's hilarious. It made all of us laugh so hard. And we kept getting comments like, wait, what? You're going country? Like it was clearly could not have been more of a joke. And so well, we're just taking it seriously, though. Yeah. Yeah. If you listen to the lyrics of the song, you know, a lot of them are about women, which are not to be taken seriously ever. Don't quote me for that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, no, that makes women, sense. you know, they're a fun topic. And if you come to the shows, you'll see that we put on a fun show as well. And, you know, who knows, moving forward, maybe the shows or the songs will get a little more loose and a little more fun. We'll see what happens. You know, we're all going to evolve. But, but the shows are fun. And some of the songs are serious and they're to be taken seriously. But I have a good time, man. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. The album tries. We try to cover everything. We have the fun song. We have the suicide song, the addiction song, the stick it to the man songs, you know. The party song we have, we try to cover all the different bases. So we show you we have a little bit of depth and then we go back to the party. And then we show you we have a little bit more depth and back to the party, you know. So we try to keep it all balanced. The song selection surprised me at times. And I'll, I'll give you an example of uh, one time. So getting through the album, get to peace of mind. Here comes the slower tempo in the verses, right? I'm like, okay, here we go. Is this Ozzy or Stephen Piercy singing the ballad that I, I'm absolutely going to hate because those guys should never sing a ballad in their yeah. entire life, <laughs> right? And then I'm like, okay, does can Alvy smooth out his voice a little bit? And then I'm like, wow, dude, Alvy can do this too, <laughs> right? So yeah, I am a hard guy to please. I will tell you, I wouldn't say this stuff if it wasn't true. I am a hard guy to please, and I'm not the biggest ACDC fan. I am a GNR fan, and both things come out in your voice. There's no doubt about that. But even in Peace of Mind, where it could almost be a country song, it was a really nice vocal, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like Somebody like Ozzy would completely ruin this song. Yeah. <laughs> Ozzy's one of my favorite front men, but... <laughs> I can see what you, I can see where you're coming from with that. I was really excited for the album to come out itself because we had the singles were really aggressive and people were used to that for me. And I just wanted to see what people would think about the other side of my voice. So I was excited for that. It's been well received, as you are saying, Sonny. So thank you. Yeah, man, it was a good time. And we've gotten a couple Skinnered comments on I get that a lot, man. And I don't I yeah. don't understand it personally, but whatever people but even, even Sonny just said almost country yeah. side to it or that one so I do I, kind of see that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll raise my hand on the Skinner comments because I went through the album and I made myself notes. And here's where that comes in. That comes okay. in to me on peace of mind, but more so on when I'm gone. So when I'm gone yeah. is a serious topic. You can tell that it's a deep song. But what I hear 
in when I'm gone is it seriously reminds me of Tuesdays Gone by Skinner. And I'm not saying that it reminds me that you ripped it off. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that it reminds me of the feel of Tuesdays Gone. Yeah, it's funny. We had someone say, legitimately say, like, these guys just ripped off Tuesdays Gone. And I wrote When I'm Gone for my friend that killed himself. And I had to, I had to go back and listen to Tuesdays Gone because I don't remember ever hearing that song. I know it's one of their favorite, one of their most famous. I know I've, I've, seen the title in passing when everybody mentioned Skinner and I listened to it and I was like, yeah, I've never, I've never heard the song in my entire life. So that's purely coincidence. <laughs> I, I, I never heard that it, song either. It's so got it's the, uh, it's me. got the six, eight thing, you know, kind of a slower ballad. I, I, you know, people hear a couple things. They see the word gone twice. They're like, it's the same. So like, I get it. There's a couple of melody places where it's very reminiscent of it. And Metallica covered it on garage days. So they've, they've done oh, a, nice. a cover of it as well. It's a great song. Your song, When I'm Gone, is also a really good song, but there's definite reminiscent of that, and that's what it reminded me of, and so maybe that's where the Skinner thing is coming in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The album itself is kind of diverse when you look at it. So, yes, you have the ACDC feel of a song like Mr. Danger, which is Truthfully, that's my bang zone of rock and roll. I really like the meat and potatoes, big riff, real nice pocket groove type rock and roll stuff. But then you guys got kind of up-tempo stuff like Sucker Punch that would remind me more of a Velvet Revolver Guns N' Roses feel type song to it. And then you throw in stuff like Peace of Mind and When I'm Gone. It's just a diverse record and it comes off really well because it doesn't sound like a completely different band playing it. It all sounds like the same band, but diverse in the best possible way to me. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a pretty good description. Yeah, the When I'm Gone thing. See, I don't know anything about Skinner. I've heard the one Skinner song that's probably their most popular song, whatever. But I got a little bit of Black Rose to it. Like that mellow vocal, and then your your vocal kind of punches into the chorus. Like that was the part that was cool to me is like there was, again, different flavors to it, right? I remember... So I'm getting to the end of the album. I'm listening to fake. And I'm like, did he just do that? You could be mine rap with different words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is somebody writing. You're saying all these words, whether you like it or not. Cause yeah, I think you're, that's you're what welcome, you you're welcome. Be mine too. You're welcome for that. Alvy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's several elements of hip hop in our music. They're kind of subtle, but fake bridge will be one of them. And the she's yeah. reckless pre-chorus will be another one. I love uh, the songwriting of hip hop. The rhyme schemes, how they cleverly internal rhymes, the way they phrase things, the way they just come at you like a machine gun. And, and then you have to kind of pick up the pieces on the back and be like, I just heard so much. What did he just say? And then you go back and realize, OK, every one of those words was flawless. Like it all made so much sense. It was perfect, even though it was coming at me so fast. So we tried definitely tried to kind of capture that vibe with that part of fake and some other parts as well. And yeah, Axel did the same thing. He was a big hip hop fan as well. So he when he goes on those big, you know, sputtering kind of fast vocals, that's that's something that I really like. And we. You see that in a lot of our music. A lot of our choruses are, they have a lot of words in them and it, there's a lot going on. And that's why for Up Next to You, Drez and I wrote that chorus together and we were sitting down and I was like, okay, we have a lot of words in a lot of our chorus. Let's be simple as fuck here. Let's just, bye, bye. you know, like just <laughs> one word. Let's just be simple and make it happen. So that's kind of where, you know, we took it the opposite direction. But even in Up Next to You, I love that call answer in the verses. Mm -hmm. that, that, was that, was, that was all Drez. Total me. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. You know how I knew Axl Rose was a hip hop fan is when he got his hair cornrowed. That's yeah, when I knew. That was like early 2000s, right? <laughs> <laughs> MC Axl Rose. Yeah. <laughs> so I understand that you guys are considering doing your own podcast. Is that still a thought? 
Yeah, hundred percent. We wanted to basically put you guys out of business, so that's yeah. Plan. We don't need any more competition. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> no, we've uh, we had a podcast way back in the day, and, and I've had podcasts since 2015. But you know, they all kind of died out at this point. But we wanted to, yeah, we we wanted to revive the band podcast, and it's called Your New Favorite Band, and it's going to be coming soon. It's kind of a funny funny name. You know, we want to be your new favorite band, but also we want to highlight other new bands in our genre and help bring the whole scene as a whole forward because there's so so many good new rock bands out there. I don't hear so much anymore, but I still hear some people being like, "Oh, there's no good rock bands anymore." It's like, okay, well, that's just that's just you, man. Like, that's not you're not even trying. Like, <laughs> yeah. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word: g r o w i n u p r o c k dot com, or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. <laughs> All right, this is going to be our second installment. We called the first installment Reeling in the Years. Basically, it's uh, it's not really a history lesson, but what will happen is the contestant will get a year assigned to them, and then they'll get eight statements, and the contestant will have to answer whether the statement happened before the year they were assigned or after the year they were assigned, because all eight statements, no matter how much you want to think it happened in the year that I assigned you, it did not happen in the year that I assigned you. And then I have a crazy tiebreaker at the end. That tiebreaker is pretty nuts. So if we get there, so, you know, that way you can uh, play along at home or, you know, while you're driving and yelling at the car radio, like I usually do. So, so let's, uh, we'll start with some interesting questions. We'll start with Dallas. Dallas, give me your favorite candy bar. Uh, it's a tie between Twix and Reese's. Is Reese's considered a candy bar? That's well, up yeah, to the, the that's up to the judges. Cups? Yeah, the why judges. not? Yeah, so it's, okay. a, it's a tie between them. It depends on how I'm feeling. Usually, okay. I get both. <laughs> all right, all right. Alvy, give me the first movie that just popped into your head. Terminator Two. Nice. And you can be mine. Nice. Oh, because you can be mine. That's why. It's <laughs> actually how I learned about Guns N' Roses. Really? Oh, that's cool. Never when was the it. last time you saw the movie? Oh, probably yesterday. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's what I grew up on, and uh, Arnold is the man he's on a Harley and he's riding to Guns N' Roses. I mean, you can't beat that. Wow. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, Mr. Steven, uh, you're going to have to g- get it down to one. And I don't want to hear about what I like. So-and-so and I like so-and-so and I like, so I just want one name. You jackass. <laughs> Give me your favorite female musician. <laughs> See, he has to shut up now. because he's trying to. Think yeah. through his head. <laughs> I was about to say, I think Steve just got him left. <laughs> Favorite female musician. I'll give you the first one that popped in my head. Lizzie Hale. Lizzie Hale. It's one of my favorites. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Okay. So we are ready. Now, I will tell you that all of these statements, most are music. There's some other entertainment. There's a little bit of pop culture. There's some fun history. You'll get what I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, it kind of is what it is. We randomly drew lists earlier. So Dallas is going to go first. Alvy's going to go second. And Steve is going to go third. And Dallas... Your first year is going to be 1975. All right. The year I was born. Cool. All right. You ready? <laughs> I'm ready. All right. Before or after, Aerosmith releases their first single, Dream On, and becomes an even bigger hit two years later. I'm going to go after. I want to say that was like 78 or something. All right. Cliff Williams replaces Mark Evans on bass in ACDC. I'm going to go before. Okay. 75, right? 75. Yep. Okay. Elton John releases two albums. Don't shoot me. I'm only the piano player and goodbye. Yellow brick road. They both go number one of the U S in the same year. 
Oh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road is one of my favorite albums, and unfortunately, I couldn't tell you the year. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go like just after. Okay, these are tough. Journey releases an album called Next. Like five people bought it. So. Dude, I was in a Journey tribute. I'm pretty sure that was that was one of the three like progressive ones. I think it was the third of the of the three progressive ones they did before Steve Perry joined. And I was I want to say like it was all during that time. So I don't know. It's, uh, I'm gonna say uh, that was just before 70, okay. 75. Led Zeppelin. They have a concert in Singapore is canceled because government officials won't let them get off the plane because of their long hair. <laughs> After. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers win their third Super Bowl. Oh, Bill Burr would kill me for not knowing this. Let's go before. <laughs> Alvy's like, I have no clue. But well, you know, the thing time. about it is when you do the, like, the pre-test questions, it's like two plus two is four. Yeah, <laughs> three plus yeah, two yeah, is yeah. five. And now he's like, real test, and it's like 90 plus 400 billion times square root of yeah. 10. Now Sonny's like, two trains are traveling in the same direction. Which one? <laughs> yeah. That's how it goes. That bastard <laughs> is notorious for doing this. <laughs> This is I'm being hustled right now. What is this? <laughs> the pre right. was so easy. Yeah. The Alice Cooper band releases their fifth studio album. I'm gonna go after five. Sounds like a lot. Okay. And the Big Mac is introduced by McDonald's. But that's got to be before. When McDonald's found like the 50s or something. I'm going before. All right. Okay. God, I'm an idiot. So your year was 1975. All right. Aerosmith releases their first single, "Dream On." You said after it was actually 73. Okay. What? I'm off to a strong okay. start yeah. here, fellas. Yeah. Cliff Williams replaces Mark Evans in bass. You said before he actually replaced him in 77. Okay. So Star Wars year. Got it. Yeah. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road and Don't Shoot Me on the Piano Player. Both went number one. You said after it actually went number one in 73. Dude, just stop now. I get it. Zero. We can stop. <laughs> Journey releases an album called Next. It was in 77. You said before. Because, because, well, I'm I, okay. So I know I got that wrong, <laughs> but Infinity was the one after that. And that was like 79, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so yeah. see, you should, you should ask me that. I would have got one. That's on <laughs> Led, you. <laughs> Led Zeppelin's contract got canceled because of the long hair in Singapore. You said after. It was actually 1972. Dude, if I'm at this point, I'm rooting for me to get zero. <laughs> I don't even want, want to take my that's, test. That seems, <laughs> me getting zero seems harder than getting a good score, just by statistics. Like, Dallas, you know you don't get the first pick in the draft if you get zero, right? <laughs> where's Where's the free space in this fucking game? This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers win their third Super Bowl. You said before it was 1979. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> the Alice Cooper band releases their fifth studio album. Believe it or not, the fifth studio album was Schools Out, which was oh, really? 72. Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. I'm over nine. Is this, are we on the 10th? You're over seven right now. Oh, and uh, there was only eight. And the big, big Mac, <laughs> <laughs> their Big Mac was introduced in 1968. You did get a point. Well, now I'm sad. Damn it. <laughs> I'm about to do just as bad. No, I wanted Watch. zero. Alvin goes A for eight. Watch. Watch. How well do other people do on this show with this these questions? Do they typically um, do like five for eight? <laughs> yeah, the last time we played, there's 32 possible points you can get, and I think the highest one we had was 22 maybe. Wow. Yeah, yeah. All right. Alvy, your first year is 1994. Okay. All right. I stand a chance that maybe. ACDC records the song Big Gun for the last action hero movie soundtrack. That's going to be right on the line for that one. I'm going to go was your, What was your year again? Remind me. 94. You got, that's funny. You just got, yeah, that's, that sucks. <laughs> you got 95 on the pre-show and you had to get 94. <laughs> Eric Clapton wins the Grammy for best rock song for an unplugged version of Layla. Uh, before. Okay. Metallica releases their 10th studio album. After. Philadelphia Eagles win their first Super Bowl. Before. Quiet Riot releases a single called Little Angel. Nobody's ever heard it in their entire life. <laughs> Before. 
Soundgarden wins Grammy for best metal performance. Well, after the doors, the movie starring Val Kilmer is released in theaters. Oh, it's a close one. After Rolling Stones are inducted into the hall of fame, rock and roll hall of fame after. All right. So your year was 1994. ACDC records the song Big Gun for Last Action Hero Movie Soundtrack. That was actually 93. So I was going to say 92. Yeah. Eric Clapton wins Grammy for Best Rock Song with Unplugged of Layla. That was 93. So you got that one correct. Metallica releases their 10th studio album. Their 10th studio album is Hardwired to Self-Destruct. It was in 2016. So you got that one right. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles win their first Super Bowl. Dude, that was like two and a half years ago. Yeah, they were. Uh, they were I don't know. I don't know. They about were, the uh, ball. <laughs> yeah. I would have got that wrong too. <laughs> I was on stage somewhere while they were doing that. <laughs> Quiet Riot releases a single called Little Angel. It's off an album called Terrified. It came out in 93, and you actually got that one right. And nobody's heard that song. I haven't even heard that song. Soundgarden wins uh, the Grammy for Best Metal Performance. It was for Spoon Man. So it was after in 1995. Still close. The Doors movie with Val Kilmer, that came out in 91. Damn. So you got that one wrong. And then Rolling Stones were inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1989. Yeah, oh, well, you know, <laughs> I figured it took them like, you know, 35 years like everyone else. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> I would, I would still 35 years. Well. But <laughs> yeah. So you got four points. Good job. I'm right in the lead. And remind <laughs> me and, and remind me what I got, Sonny. Was it 10? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You got one. <laughs> OK. OK. Yeah. So, so I got 10 of 10. You guys got a, you got a tough order here. I, I really crushed it. The who? The her? I mean, you said wait. Stevens was hard, but Dallas is oh. hard. <laughs> wait, wait till you hear some of these. You're going to love them. All right, Stephen, you ready? Sure. Your first year is 2014. A book by Slash called Slash hits the bookstore shelves. I've read that book like seven times. I've read it too. Um, after. Brett Michaels co-hosts the Miss Universe pageant. Oh, God. <laughs> Alvy. Oh, God. We just say gross. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, what? <laughs> Don't do that, buddy. Before. The movie Casablanca turns 70. Holy crap. That makes me do math. <laughs> I don't like math. Before. Janie Lane dies of acute alcohol poisoning at age 47. Crap. They just had this anniversary. It's been longer than I thought it was. I'm going to say before. Model Naomi Campbell releases an album called Baby Woman. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Free pass. Steve. That's a free pass spot. Yeah, Steve just goes pass before. <laughs> Pearl Jam wins a Grammy for best recording package for a lightning bolt. That's the name of the record? Yep. Uh, okay. What's my year again? 2014? I'll say before. U2 releases their 14th studio album. I didn't even know they had 14 albums, to be honest with you. Is that the one that showed up on everyone's phone? They got a lot. That's the problem. He never tells you the name of it because then you would have a better chance of getting it. I'm going to say before. Uber is founded. Oh, shit. I'm going to say after. Okay. All right. So your year was 2014. The book written by Slash Call Slash, dude, 2007. So you got that one wrong. Did I say after? Yeah. You sure? Yes. <laughs> Brett Michaels co-hosts the Miss Universe pageant you said before, and it was 2010. So you got that one right. The movie Casablanca turned 70, you said before. It was 2012, so you were correct there. Janie Lane dies of alcohol poisoning at age 47. That happened in 2011, and you said before, so you were correct there. Mm. Model Naomi Campbell releases an album called Baby Woman that nobody cares about. was released in 1995, <laughs> so you were correct there. Pearl Jam wins a Grammy for Best Recording Package for Lightning Bolt. That actually only happened five years ago. It was in 2015, six years ago, so you got that one wrong. U2 releases their 14th studio album. Their 14th studio album is Songs of Experience that came out in 2017. So you were incorrect there. 
And Uber, you said after, Uber was founded in 2009. Oh, wow. So you got four points also. Yeah, that YouTube sounds of experience. I think that is the one that showed up in everybody's uh, Apple. Oh, is that the one? I think I so. thought it was the one that had Vertigo on it or whatever. No, wasn't not, that the first one? No, I uh-uh. think it was. I think it was a later one. What's What's funny is I actually really liked that album. They just took a lot of heat for that delivery process. Yeah, but I like the album a lot. There's some good stuff on it, and you know, far be it for me to bitch about somebody giving me a free album. Come on, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just don't listen to it or delete it if you don't like it. Yeah, it's not yeah. like yeah, it's crazy. It doesn't take up any space or anything. Like, who cares? All right, Dallas, you get to redeem yourself here. All right, cool. The year is 1986. Okay. Okay. Dokken has their highest charting single on the Billboard Hot 100. It was called Alone Again. I want to say 87 after. Eddie and the Cruisers movie is released in theaters. I don't even know what that is. Let's go before. Huey Lewis sues Ray Parker Jr. over similarities between the Ghostbusters movie theme and I Want a New Drug. Um, That's a fucking shitty thing to sue somebody over. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to go after. Ice-T helps with vocals on a Black Sabbath album. After. The album was called Forbidden. Okay, after. after. Joe Elliott sings lead vocals on two Ronnie Wood solo album tracks. Yes, the Ronnie from the Rolling Stones. Mm, I'm going to say before, like 85, 86. Scarlett Johansson is born. Thank God. No shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to say like just after, like 87. All right. Sign of the Times, the Prince movie hits the theaters. Headed for the classroom. Before. Yesterday. Okay. The Kings are inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm going to go after. All right. So your year was 1986. Dokken had their highest charting single, Alone Again. That was off under lock and key, 1984, dude. So you got that one wrong. Damn. Eddie and the Cruisers movies released. You picked before. It was 1983. So you were correct there. Ooh. Huey Lewis sued Ray Parker Jr. This happened before either of you were born, I think, probably. Um, no, <laughs> well, you guys were too young. Uh, but the Ghostbusters theme and I Want a New Drug sounds very similar because Huey was actually hired to do the Ghostbusters theme and then didn't do it. Oh, and okay. then I, not the theme of the movie, like the yeah. theme song. Of the movie. Yeah. I was like, how do yeah. you relate the song? Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I'm a dumb. That's- you picked after, but that was 1985, actually. So you were incorrect there. Mm. Ice-T helped with vocals on a Black Sabbath album called Forbidden. That was in 95, so you were correct there. Joe Elliott sings lead vocals on two Ronnie Wood solo album tracks. That was actually 1992. So you were incorrect there. Scarlett Johansson was born in 1984. Yeah. I knew it was going to be like either side of the thing. Yeah. yeah. Sign of the Times, the Prince movie came out in 87. So, and you picked before. And then the Kings are inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You picked after it was 1990. So you were correct there. So you got three points on that one. Oh, hey, moving up in the world. That's right. And now you're tied. The other two just have to get zero. Dominating. I'm a third correction out there. Alone again was under was off of tooth and nail. Oh, that's right. That's right. Still 84. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Alvy, you ready, buddy? Yeah, I didn't know we had to embarrass ourselves twice. Oh, four <laughs> times. Oh, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> wow. I would tell you it gets easier, but I would be lying. Alvy, <sighs> your year is 2017. Just a okay, few years I'm really, ago. Really bad at new age shit. So let's see what I can do worse than I can do with the old age shit. Okay, there used to be this thing called MTV you youngsters don't know about, but uh, there was this video vixen named Bobby Brown. She released a book called Dirty Rocker Boys. It hit the bookstores in this year, before or after 2017. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, After. Alice Cooper turns 70. Oh, shit. Uh, Before. 
He looks pretty old. Beyonce wins a Grammy for best music film. After. Black Label Society releases their 10th studio album. It's called Grimace Hits. After. Glenn Fry dies at age 67, partially due to pneumonia. Before. Hart is inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Before. Ozzy releases his 12th studio album. Before. Straight out of Compton hits the theaters. NWA, baby. I feel like every one of these things are riding the line. So <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, the point. He's, he's yeah. gaming us here. We've been had <laughs> just before. Okay. All right. All right. So your year was 2017. Bobby Brown wrote this book, Dirty Rocker Boys. Nobody's read it, but it was in 2013. Yeah. So you got that one wrong. So you got that one wrong. Uh, Alice Cooper turned 70. You picked before. He actually turned 70 in 2018. Damn it. So you didn't get that one. Beyonce wins a Grammy for Best Music Film. It was like six months ago. So uh, you got that one right. Black Label Society releases their 10th studio album, Grimace Hits, was in 2018. So you got that one correct. Glenn Fry dies at age 67. That happened in 2016. So you got that one right. Hart inducted into the Hall of Fame was actually in 2013. So you got that one right. Ozzy releases his 12th studio album. You put before it was actually about eight months ago. So okay. um, yeah. well, I don't know the number of his albums, but I knew yeah. it was. And straight out of Compton, that MWA movie, I was surprised. That thing's been around six years already. You picked before, which was right. But uh, I, I didn't have, know that thing had been around that long already. I based it off of my housing when you ask these questions. And I remember which TV I was looking at while these things went down <laughs> and which bed I was laying in. So I kind of like. How long has this been since I lived in that apartment? How long has it been since I lived in that truck? That's more strategy than I have. I just wildly guess. Wait till his year is 1972. He's going to have a tough time with that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you keep giving Alvy like 2021. He's like before, 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 before. <laughs> All right. So you got five on that one, Alvy. Good job. Good job, sir. I'm trying to win this thing. All right, Steve. You ready? I read Dirty Rocker Boys. <laughs> yeah, that, I was just going to say, it's actually, it's actually in my uh, my reading list right now. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. yeah. It wasn't bad. It was pretty good. I got it off Amazon because it was super cheap. That's hilarious. You know, it was good. She dated Janie Lane and Tommy Lee, so it was worthwhile to get some of those stories. All right, Steve, you ready, buddy? Go for it. Okay, your year is 1968. <laughs> a fan is stabbed to death by Hell's Angels who are providing security at a Rolling Stones concert. Yeah, Altamont Springs. I'm going to say shoot i'm gonna go after bob dylan walks out of rehearsals at the ed sullivan show because they wanted him to edit some lyrics before brian epstein manager of the beatles dies after elton john performs in the u.s for the first time after robert james ritchie you don't know who that is yeah. because his name is kid rock yeah is born i'm gonna say before the breakfast cereal cornflakes hits the stores for the first time before the Doors released their debut album. Before. <laughs> You're going to love this one. Willie Mays gets his 3,000th hit. <laughs> God, I don't know. After. <laughs> okay. Your year was 1968. Fans stabbed to death by the Hell Angels at a Rolling Stone concert. That was in 1969, and you said after, so that was correct. Bob Dylan walks out of rehearsals at the Ed Sullivan show because they wanted to edit lyrics. You said before it was 1963, so you were correct. Brian Epstein, manager of the Beatles. You said after. Homie died in 67, so that was incorrect. Alton John performs in the U.S. for the first time. You said after. He performed in 1970, so that is correct. Kid Rock is born. You said before. He was actually born in 71, so that was incorrect. Wow. The breakfast cereal cornflake hits the store shelves. You said before. It was way before. It was actually 1907. Yeah. So you were correct there. 
The Doors released their debut album. You said before it was 1967, so you were correct there. And Willie Mays gets his 3,000 hit. You said after he got his 3,000 hit in 1970, so you were correct there also. Sweet. So you got six. Boom. Damn. Guys, do not let him win. I'll never hear the end of this shit. <laughs> I feel you like he's understand. got he's got years of experience on us. Yeah, he's got better technique. He's over here Googling it or something. <laughs> oh, watch out. What, what I heard from Alvy is he's old, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dallas, you're next year, buddy. All right, let's do it. 1997. Okay, might have a chance here. Yeah. The hotness that is Jennifer Love Hewitt released a debut solo album called Love Songs. Oh, God. Just guessing (laughs) before. Lynch Mob releases an album called Smoke This. Uh, After. Pantera releases an album called The Great Southern Trend Kill. Before. Shrek 2 is the highest grossing film of the year. 97, I'm going to go after. The top TV show of the year, according to Insider.com, is Friends. I would have said 97. So uh, let's go before and after, probably. Jeez, this show was massive till like 2005. That's an annoying one, because that could literally be either one. (laughs) (laughs) He's got me on on the rocks here, or ropes. Uh, Let's say before, whatever. Okay. Vitology by Pearl Jam is nominated for the album of the year at the Grammys. After. Zach Wilde auditions for Guns and Roses. Uh, before ZZ top releases their 13 studio album is called X X X and it sold exactly 30 copies. So nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I'm gonna say after. All right. So your year was 1997. Jennifer love you. releases her debut uh, studio album. Believe it or not, she's released a couple and you said before it was 1992. She was 13 years old. <laughs> so that was correct. Uh, Lynch Mob releases Smoke This, you said after, 1999, so that was correct. Pantera releases an album called Great Southern Trend Kill, you said before, 1996, that was correct. Shrek 2 is the highest grossing film of the year, you said after, it was 2004, so that was correct. The top TV show of the year, according to Insider.com, you said before, 2001, it was actually after. Mm. Vitology by Pearl Jam is nominated for Alma of the Year at the Grammys. You said after. It was actually 96. And then Alanis Morissette won that year, by the way. So that oh, okay. was correct. Zach Wilde auditions for Guns N' Roses, you said before. It was 1995. So that was correct. ZZ Top releases an album nobody's ever heard of called XXX. You said after, and it was released in 99. So that was correct. Okay. I didn't do bad that time. He's Damn, coming you back. Six. He's coming Damn. back. Damn. Zach. All okay. right, Alvy. Your next year is 1972. Great. The first one's a doozy. The oh, store, they're all going to be a doozy. <laughs> the store Best Buy is founded. Oh, wow. After. Elvis wins a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Grammys. After. Eric Burden and the Animals refuse to play a show in Canada unless they're paid in advance, so 3,000 fans riot. Before. John Deacon joins Queen. What year was my year again? 72? 72. Before. John Lennon oh. marries Yoko Ono. Uh, before Rod Stewart releases his debut solo album. If it helps, it's called the old raincoat won't ever let you down. doesn't help at all. <laughs> I'm familiar with the artist, but not specific. Uh, after rush is formed before the breakfast cereal, fruity pebbles hits the store shelves before. All right. So we got 1972. You said after for Best Buy is founded. It was actually founded in 1966. So you got that one incorrect. Elvis wins the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Grammys. You said after. It was actually 1971. 
Uh, Eric Byrne and the animals create this riot because they want to be paid in advance. That actually happened in 67. So you were correct there. John Deacon joins Queen. You picked before. It was 1971. So you were correct there. John Lennon marries that trash bin Yoko Ono that ruined the Beatles. Uh, you picked before. It was 1969. So you were correct there. Rod Stewart's solo album. First solo album was actually in 1969. So you're incorrect there. Rush is formed. You picked before. It was 1968. So you were correct there. And Fruity Pebbles, all of our favorite cereals. You picked before and it was 1969. So you were correct there. All right. So you got five. Good job, buddy. Ugh, I just can't. I can't catch up. It's <laughs> I shot myself with the first with the first round. I base it on on what I've heard of versus what I've not heard of. And if it's before That's, 70, yeah. I've probably not heard of it. <laughs> you, heard of, you heard of Best Buy, though. That's a big one. <laughs> All right, Steven. Here we go. Your third uh, installment here. Yep. 1983 is your year. CBS sues Cheap Trick because they're trying to re- renegotiate their contract and refusing to record new music. Before. Eric Clapton turns the big 4-0. Before. Jimi Hendrix wins a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Grammys. Before. Peter Gabriel leaves Genesis. Oh, before. Queen releases their seventh studio album. After. Tom Kiefer forms Cinderella. After. Wasp makes an appearance in this movie as a straight-up dumpster fire called the Dungeon Master. God, after. ZZ Top releases a single called Cheap Sunglasses. Before. Okay, so your year was 1983. CBS sued Cheap Trick for renegotiating their contract and not recording music. You said before, and it was 1981, so you were correct there. Eric Clapton turns the big 4-0 you picked before. That actually didn't happen until 1985. Jimi Hendrix wins a Lifetime Achievement Award. You picked before. That didn't happen until 1992. Damn, they were late on that one. Peter Gabriel leaves Genesis. You picked before. That was 1975, so you were correct there. Queen releases their seventh studio album. Their seventh studio album is Jazz. And you picked after. That was actually released in 78, so that's incorrect. Tom Kiefer forms Cinderella. You picked after. You would think it's after, but it actually got formed in 1982. So you were wrong there. Wasp makes an appearance in this movie called The Dungeon Master. It is a terrible movie. You picked after. You were correct. It was 1984. And ZZ Chop releases a single Cheap Sunglasses. If you remember, it was really big in the 80s, but it's actually a 1980 song. And you picked before, and that was correct. I was surprised that was such an old song for how much I knew of it. So, so you scored four points there. So right now, before we get to the final round, Dallas has 10 points. Alvy has 14 Steven has 14. Oh, man. So nice. it is a tight game. I got some makeup here, we to go. here. All right, 10 for 10. Let's do this. Uh, there's only eight. Well, then I'm going 10 for 10 anyway. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I need those extra two. Come on, give me, give, throw me a bone here. The first two are a doozy right out of the gate. You're going to love All right. Okay. Your year is 2005. A book by Lemmy called White Line Fever hits the bookshelves. Hmm, didn't know he could read or write. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go after. I got him. I got him. <laughs> uh, David Hasselhoff releases his seventh oh studio <laughs> album. If it helps, it's called You Are Everything. It doesn't help. It's David Hasselhoff. David yeah. Hasselhoff releases his seventh studio album called You Are Everything. Let's go before. Iron Maiden releases a single called Man on the Edge. Before. Kid Rock and Tommy Lee get into a fist fight at the MTV Video Music Awards. Oh, man. After. I remember that. Kingdom Come releases their fourth studio album. If it helps, it's called Bad Image. 
It does not. Uh, let's say before. Randy Castillo dies of cancer in age 51. I'm going to say that's before. Rod Stewart is inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let's go after. The movie Terminator has his 20th anniversary. I'm going to say after. All right. So your year was 2005. A book by Lemmy called White Line Fever hits the shelves. You picked after that actually happened in 2002. Mm. So he at least got somebody to write it for him. If nothing, it took him a little while though. What three years, whatever. David Hasselhoff, dude, releases his seventh studio album. You picked before 1993. Dude, Homie has a lot of albums out there. He must still be selling. So you got that one right. But I I didn't know you could sing. That's crazy. Iron Maiden releases a single called Man on the Edge. That's actually from X Factor. And you picked before that was 1995. So that was correct. Okay. Kid Rock and Tommy Lee get into a fist fight at the MTV Video Music Awards. You picked after it was 2007. So that was correct. Kingdom Come releases an album nobody's heard of called Bad Image. Uh, you picked before 1993, so that was correct. Randy Castillo dies of cancer at age 51. That happened in 2002, so you were yeah. correct. What were you thinking it connected to? Uh, Velvet Revolver formed at his reunion, and their first album came out in 2004. Yeah, you're right. Rod Stewart is inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You picked after. It actually happened in 1994. Damn. So the, yeah, they they got they got him a little bit earlier. Yeah, and I always move- if any any Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'm guessing after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the movie Terminator has its 20th anniversary. You picked after. It actually got released in 1984. I thought it was 87 I knew it was, for some reason. Yeah. So basically, you got 14 points total. Mm-hmm. So the Making other me the clear winner. zeros. Yeah. So I'm the clear winner here. Got it. <laughs> Decisive. Good job, victory. Dallas. Yeah. Glad you can play guitar. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can do one thing. Not this. All right, Alvy. Your last year, buddy. <laughs> Whatever. 19, <laughs> 1989. Okay. I might stand a chance. And I tried to like put in GNR stuff, ACDC stuff, right? I tried to put some of it in, but it didn't, uh, didn't you say Beyonce and Rod Stewart? Yeah, yeah. Well, I put like that in too. Eminem or whatever <laughs> you said. <laughs> All right. 1989. ACDC releases their highest charting single on the Billboard Hot 100. I'm not going to tell you what highest charting single is though. Before. Okay. Metallica releases their fourth studio album. After. Slash appears in the Dirty Harry film called The Deadpool. After. The Doors are inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. After. The lawsuit against Ozzy regarding the suicide supposedly encouraged by Suicide Solution was dismissed. You said 84? Uh, your number's 89. Oh, 89. Uh, yeah. Before. Well, fuck, I might have been fucking my other issues. <laughs> <laughs> the Rolling Stones release an album called Bridges to Babylon. Uh, I know nothing about Rolling Stones and Mick Jagger and Big Lips um, before <laughs> they're old. The top TV show, according to Insider.com, is Cheers. 89 before. U2 releases their first live album. Before. Okay, so your year was 1989, although you forgot it. Yeah, um, I thought it was 84 the whole time. Damn it. <laughs> ACDC releases their highest charting single. You said before, their highest charting single actually got to number 23. It was Money Talks, and that's 90. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so Back in Black was their highest grossing album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's yeah. where my head was at. Okay. Yeah. Metallica releases their fourth studio album. You said after their fourth studio album is actually And Justice for All, which is 88. Yeah, well, I was, okay. <laughs> this uh, Slash appears in Dirty Harry film, The Deadpool. That was actually 1988, you said after. So you're incorrect there. The Doors are inducted in the Hall of Fame. That was 93. So you were correct there. 
lawsuit against Ozzy's drop for that stupid suicide solution thing. Uh, you said before it was 1988. Well, now I'm on the right timeline. The Rolling Stones released an album nobody's heard of called Bridges to Babylon. It was 1997, so you got that one wrong. Oh. Cheers was a top TV show in 1990, so that was incorrect. And U2 releases their first live album. You said before it was because it's Under a Blood Red Sky, 1983. So you were correct there. So you got three points. So right now, total, you got 17. Steven needs three to tie, okay. four to win. Oh, four to win. I'll you three to tie or two win. No. Four to win. Four to win. All right, Steven, you ready, buddy? Yep. 1992 is your year. Woohoo. All right. Amazon is founded. Before. Billy Joel wins a Grammy Legend Award. Before. Gary Moon joins Night Ranger as vocal and bassist to replace Jack Blades. God, what year would that have been? I'm going to say after. Mick Jones, a foreigner, releases his self-titled debut solo album. After. Motorhead releases an album called Overnight Sensation. After. Can I change my foreigner one? Okay. Put that before. All right. Ozzy wins the Grammy for Best Metal Performance. After. Pulp Fiction hits the theaters. God, love that movie. After. Rat releases a compilation album of B-sides called Collage. After. Okay, so your year was 1992. First statement was Amazon is founded. You picked before. That actually happened in 1994, so that was incorrect. Billy Joel wins a Grammy Legend Award. You picked before. It was 1991, so you were correct there. Gary Moon joins Night Ranger's vocal and bassist to replace Jack Blades. You picked after. It actually happened in 1991. Mick Jones, a foreigner, releases his self-titled debut album. That actually happened in 87, so you were correct there with before. Motorhead releases an album called Overnight Sensation. That was in 96, and you picked after, so that was correct. Ozzy wins a Grammy for Best Metal Performance. He won it for I Don't Want to Change the World live, and that was in 94, and you picked after, so you were correct. So you've already won because that was four correct. Motherfucker. Pulp Fiction, <laughs> Pulp Fiction, you picked after. That was correct, too, because it was 1994, and Rat's compilation album was 1997, so you were correct there. You would have won by two anyway. He had an easy last round. <laughs> yeah. God bless it. This is fixed, boys. <laughs> we didn't stand a chance. Whatever. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> you guys did well, though. It's, you know, it's a fun thing. It's and half of it's better than I thought I would. <laughs> Let's talk kiss for a second. You wanted the best and you got the best. The hottest man in the world. Kiss. It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. You guys aren't the biggest Kiss fans. I get it. So we always try to tie an episode to a Kiss song. I'm as good at Kiss as I am at whatever else we just did. 
<laughs> yeah, but I actually, I, I actually like Kiss, whereas Dallas doesn't. So no, I don't, the, I don't, I the... don't, I don't dislike Kiss. I just don't. I'm not the biggest fan. I don't dislike them. So you guys were harder to connect with Kiss, but you don't know it possibly. But you have a song title that is a shared song title with Kiss. Okay, yeah, hold on, off. let me think of it. Hold yeah, on. go for it. Okay, what album is it off of the Kiss album? Paul Stanley's solo album. Oh, I won't know the Paul Stanley. All right, song. well, you you guess and then I'll guess. How about that? Unless we guess the same one, I got to think of our own song titles, and I always <laughs> I always leave one out. One of the ten always gets left yeah. out of my brain. I go through the set list, which is not the same as the album, but it still gets the job done. That's a good tactic, actually. I'm gonna say up next to you. That's a good good guess. Fuck you. That's a good guess. <laughs> I'll go with O Sugar then. All right, so we're gonna play the shared song title right now. Take me away. Ah, that was the other one I was gonna guess. Damn, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> so here's Take Me Away. Together as one by Paul. That was my second choice.
All right. So the tiebreaker. Here's what the tiebreaker was going to be. It's literally a number, and it's connected to a song you absolutely know, mm-hmm. and that is Kiss's Rock and Roll All Night. Okay. Okay. So the tiebreaker question, and I'll let Dallas go first, and then Alvy can go, and then Steve can go. What we're looking I like how for, Steve is always last. Yeah. <laughs> what we're looking for is how many unique words are in the lyrics of Rock and Roll All Night. So just the all the lyrics within the song. That's right. How many unique words, non-repeated, unique words are in the lyrics of Rock and Roll Night? Dallas, you got a number you want to guess? 17. Seven. <laughs> okay. Alf, Alf, let me ask a singer. Alf. Okay. And by unique, you mean they used it one time? I'm just counting it one time. So they, they say Rock and Roll All Night 18 times, but Rock and Roll All Night is only counted one each time. Does that make sense? So yeah. let's say rock and roll all night is five words. They okay. might have said it 18 times, but I only counted it as five words. I can't remember the verses is my problem. 97. <laughs> 90, 97. 1797. <laughs> Split the difference in, in win, Steve. I'm going to say 150. 100. Yeah. And you're giving these guys so a lot of credit, I, man. Wow. All right. So the unique words in rock and roll night are. A, all, and, baby, B, begun, crazy, dancing, day, drive, every, everything, fancy, four, gets, go, got, hot, I, in, just, keep, let, like, looking, lot, mine, night, on, party, parties, quite, rock, roll, room, say, saying, shouting, show, spin, style, that's the, us, wanna, will, wild, while, you, you'll, your, your, with a apostrophe, and a you've, which adds up to 53. So believe yeah. it or not, Dallas was the closest with 17. <laughs> That's what's up, gentlemen. It's Kiss. You can't overestimate them. Hey, this is Paul Stanley, and this is Gene Simmons from Kiss. And you're listening to the sweet and sultry Stephen Michael in Sunny Hollywood Pooty on the Growing Up Rock Podcast. Turn it up. You owe me 20 bucks. I honestly thought I was being generous with 17, to be honest. <laughs> I know the words of the entire verses of all the verses and all the. Think, all what's of it. the? What's the? How's the verse go? I can't remember how the verse goes. Well, you uh, show us everything you uh, got, yeah, yeah. right, baby, baby. <laughs> yeah. All I all I have in my head is uh, "Look who just got back in town." Like, I <laughs> which I love that song. What's a better one? Uh, I am just a cowboy, lonely on the trail. The fucking uh, uh, cowboy song by Thin Lizzy. Thin Lizzy. Yeah. Thin Lizzy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, could we not name you a lot of Thin Lizzy songs. I know like five. <laughs> Dude, I can't name you our songs. Like, come on. <laughs> I don't know. I can't sing the verses to our songs, so it's fine. <laughs> that's, I can why, sing the verses to- that's why we had to build a teleprompter. <laughs> All right, Dallas and Alvy, it's been a pleasure. This has been fun. Let's talk about the new album, Dirty Damn Tricks, before we let you guys go. What is the best place for our audience to pick up this record? Sure. Uh, well, the best place to find out anything about what we're up to is lamaybe.com. And uh, you can go there and find out everything you need. All the links to all the sites you could ever want are there. Uh, you can head to the store. You can pick up a hard copy, pick up one of those shirts we talked about there in there. Be the first to buy it before Steven does. Don't give him the, the satisfaction. <laughs> I'm totally buying it and I'm sporting it on the next uh, live stream yes. that we do. Yes. Be front row, man. We'll, we'll notice you right out. <laughs> I need a screenshot of that for proof for sure. I will definitely do that. 
Yeah. So we'll put all the links to the website and everything in our show notes. What else do we want to talk about before we let these guys go? There's so many places we could go with rock and roll conversation. I feel like uh, Dallas, we connect in a lot of ways on some of the things that you believe in and just some of the interviews that I've heard carrying the flag for new rock and roll. And Sonny and I both definitely carry the flag for new rock and roll around here. That's part of the reason this podcast exists. It's been so fun to connect with people like you guys and and all the other amazing interviewers we've been able to connect with. Yeah, it's just good to know. It's good to know that you guys are out there doing this kind of thing. So, you know, there's been debut albums in rock history, Cinderella, Guns N' Roses, right? There's there's some that the bands have been together a long while. Well, Hailstorm, the bands have been together a while. So, by the time that they release their first album, it's a very polished, tight band that sound professional because they've been practicing for four, five, six years. I know you guys have not been around long. And I know that uh, Alvy just joined in August. Dude, I'm telling you, the album sounds tight. And I am hard to please. Anybody <laughs> that knows me will tell you I am hard to please. I have not liked an ACDC album since Black and Black. Right? That's how hard right. I am to please sometimes. And uh, I really like the album. Definitely, I do. Yeah. You guys have no idea. Sonny doesn't have good taste, but he got it right this time. (laughs) So for that fact, it's good. He finally, I guess when he went to listen to your album, he must have taken the cigarette butts out of his ear because some of the stuff stuff that he doesn't like is ridiculous. But anyway. Takes all kinds. We have different tastes. That's why. Oh, my God. So what's your favorite new band? Dallas? Uh, I'm a big Small Town Titans fan. Alvy? Uh, my new favorite band is Dirty Honey, man. I, I just, I love Mark and you know, the vocals, dude. He kills it. And he hits close to where I do. I listen to Small Town Titans. I like them just fine. They're a great band. That guy can sing, they can play. But for me yeah. personally, Dirty Honey is is where it does for me. Yeah, Dirty Honey's great. I would say, you know, if Greta Van Fleet's the new Zeppelin, they're the new Aerosmith, and we're the new Guns, ACDC. Uh, kind of the harder, more aggressive edge of things. So, Sonny, what are you listening to lately? What's your favorite new band? I like Dirty Honey. I like Electric Mob a lot. You know, obviously I'd say. I'm uh, not maybe, familiar but, with him, but I can check him out. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a little more swampy than you guys, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's kind of where my bang zones have been. I got a, there's this new album by some band called Scream Machine. I got to go check out. So we'll listen to stuff that's Italian. We'll listen to stuff mm-hmm. that's from Sweden because there's a lot yeah. of good music coming out of there. There's a lot of good the stuff U- coming out of the UK right now, too. Yeah, Mason yeah. Hill, North Dakota. Um, the U.S. Okay. at times, because what ends up happening is the band gets together, they release an album, and it's like, well, it's not maybe progressing as fast as they want. So they give up and try to go to the kind of the next thing. And it's like, man, I wish you would have stuck around a little bit longer to really gain some ground, but it's tough to stick around if you're trying to make a living too. So I get it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, fellas, it's been real and it's been fun. Thanks so much for uh, spending time with us, man. Yeah. Thanks thank for having you, us, dude. Good luck on the record. It seems to be getting a lot of exposure out there. It's a great record. You guys should be proud of it. I feel pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> We can't leave without, I didn't get an opportunity to say the word drizzle. So I just want to say drizzle. <laughs> I'm sure he'll love that. He will, he will, he will, he will love that too much and it'll annoy me. Definitely one of the funniest members of the band that unfortunately couldn't be on here tonight. But And he would have done better in the trivia. That's a yes or a no. Uh, I got to go with no just to bust his balls. <laughs> That's what we do in this band. So at the end of every episode, we shuffle, rattle and roll. Why don't you guys pick a LA maybe song for us to play out with? Let's do up Shit. next to you because that one doesn't get enough love. There you go. And it features probably my favorite guitar solo in this in the album. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. I gotta get 
Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.